Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. The words of all men and from all time are registered in the atmosphere and may be faithfully recalled by God. Scripture said, God knows all the things that I say, all the things that I will say. So as you leave this room today and you begin to engage others, he's going to listen to those words. Are they kind words spoken with grace? Are they words that are truthful but at the right timing? Did you use the right technique? Did you use the right tone with even truthful? And then it says, he has always known me. Now, we talked about being in the mind of God before we were born. And out of all the things I've said this morning, I heard more amens about that. Well, that's true. If he has always known me, that means he knows everything about you. And he's a God of do-overs in your life. Now, the do-over may not be at the same level as you were because you had done something that has disqualified you for something, but that doesn't mean you're wrinkled up like a sheet of paper and thrown away. It just means that it's different. And you can still be all that God wants you to be as you move forward in that new relationship. It also may be something that has happened to you. He knows that about you. Maybe you've been through an accident and you've been paralyzed. Maybe you've got an issue right now that's gone through. The Lord really knows all of that and He really cares. I love that, that you do get that do-over. And today may be the first day of the rest of your life. I wish I thought that first and said it first, but I haven't, but that's biblical. You know the verse that says here, He has enclosed me behind and before. Some people say that that's kind of a phrase that's used like, like hem. You hem me in. One commentator said it's like, like hemming you in with circumstances. In other words, you, you, you wanted to go someplace and God kept you from that. You wanted to get a promotion, but He didn't give that to you. You wanted to go and live over there, but He didn't do that. He, you wanted to get this relationship going, maybe in a marital situation, and God prevent, God has hemmed you in. I want you to know what kind of a God hemmed you in. Got to come back next week because I'm going to talk about a God of love hemmed you in because He kept something from coming your way. And by the way, I, I think we all appreciate hemming. If you look at my, my shirt here, um, it, it's not unraveling here because my wife says what they've done here, they have hemmed your shirt in. As a guy, I don't know what they really call that very much except I'm just glad it doesn't look like rags. That's called hemming. Now, if that doesn't fit your illustration, let me hold up my Bible for you. Now, those of you that are listening and you can't see this very well, I'm holding up my Bible and it's open. What keeps my pages from falling out of my Bible or any other book? It's got to be this binding right here. So in a sense, God has bound us in. Now, sometimes that's very good because we could have gotten way off the reservation, but he shows us not to do that. Sometimes he allows us to get a little further off the reservation, hence the person Jonah. But he always jerks them back or it's the end of their life. Okay. So the point still being, this hemming in can be very, very good. But go back to the passage again. I love this. It says, he laid his hand upon me. Look now, I'm going to take the same book. Watch my hand as I do this. See, I take my hand and... That is not laying my hand on my Bible. That's called touching my Bible, okay? Laying my hand on the Bible is, it's there all the time, all right? Now, why am I saying that? There's a great old song that was called, He Touched Me, Oh, He Touched Me. I like that song because it's like all of a sudden we, we recognized Him. It wasn't like all of a sudden He touched me at that moment. It was like at that moment I touched God. 
In other words, I just finally connected with him. In reality, God has his hand on your life every moment of every day because you are worth something to him. He has his hand. He has his hand on you. The God of the universe, no man-made God ever had his hand on anybody. If anything, they had their hand out to man to give more to that God. All made by man. I want you to know that whatever you're going through right now is preparation for what he wants you to do this afternoon and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And never begrudge God the time it's going to take to train you to get you ready for the next thing. His hand is on your life. He always sharpens the axe before he cuts down. You are valuable to the Lord and you get a chance to live for him. Now take this, own this, love him, worship him, get rid of all the distraction, all the junk, and now take all of that that you have in him and now bring it to those that are around you. Okay, well that's God is all knowing. Now when I give this to you, some of you are having a difficult time grasping this. And I am not going to put you down for that. I'm going to say you are in good company. The writer had trouble even understanding this. And God gave it to him first for us to have today. He couldn't figure it out. Look at the response from David, verse 6. Such knowledge, what knowledge? The very knowledge that God is all-knowing knowledge is to, and here's what you want to underline, wonderful and the word wonderful is like full of wonder. This knowledge is so wonder, it's so great. It's not like it's so big I can't understand it, duh. No, it's, it's, so, it's so full of wonder I can't get it. And then he says it's so high I can't even attain it. In other words, I will never have that knowledge of God. There are theological issues in the Bible that Christians have argued over, fought over, maybe even warred over because they didn't understand God, because they couldn't reconcile it all together. Now, I'm still learning and growing. I'm grateful for the great teachers that I have. I'm grateful for the people that are still teaching me. But I don't have it all together. But once I have, let me say it differently. If I have God figured out, and I really can understand, and I know it all, then be sure that the God that I understand is not the God of the Bible. It'd be man-made God. Because men can figure out the things they fixed and done. Not, I don't know anything about the internet and all that, but you know what I mean. But when it's of God, it's much bigger. And it is okay. It's okay. So man is perfectly known to God, and God is imperfectly known to man. James Alexander, one of my favorite um, commentators in the book of Psalms, next to Spurgeon who wrote Treasury of David, he said this, he said, Here we have a case which ought to instruct and sober those who, in their shallow philosophy, demand a religion without mystery. It would then be a religion without God. So there is enough mystery in all of this. This is rich. God can see everything. I'd like you to hold your place in Psalm 139, and I want you to look at one verse in this context of God knowing everything that I'd like to give to you to help you with your children. All right? Hold your place in Psalm 139, and we're going to go to the book of Hebrews. That's in the New Testament. So just turn to the right. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 4. And perhaps you might want to give this to your grandchildren. And when you do, I want you to do it with the greatest love. I want you to wrap this truth up in the love and the compassion of God when you share it with them. But I want them to know this. This would be a truth that if people would really grab this, this would probably be the greatest governor 
in their day-to-day life. The older we get, the more we've been able to be in control from where we get a chance to drive our car and what we want to use and see on television with our remote. You know, we're adults. We can do that. Kids, kids can't so much. And so all of us could use this little governor in our life that God is all-knowing. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 4, a very simple verse. In fact, I would even encourage you to maybe have your kids memorize it. It's found in verse 13. It says this, And there is no creature, your little cat, your bird, your dog, you, your grandchildren, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews 4.13. So I want you to know, dear ones, that God sees everything. And don't just see him as some God who wants to squash you like a bug or flip you off the earth. But a God who is right there that has purpose in your life. So truth number one, God is all-knowing. Therefore, in context, we know that he knows what's best for us. Here's truth number two. God is always present and faithful to me as he was to everyone in the Bible. Perhaps if under God's sovereignty he chose not to conclude the canon of Scripture, in other words, he, he still wanted to add more books to the Bible, which he hasn't and he won't, it's done, but if that would be the case, sometimes I wonder if some of you might be found in the Bible. Really. Some of you have gone through the most horrific life and yet you remain faithful. Some of you, he might have just whoop, picked you out, just like David. Whoop, picked you out like Esther. Whoop, and said, I want people to know about me through you. And you'd have been found in me. God is no more faithful to the people in the Bible than he is to you right here. Even if you're a new believer. There is no, you, you get more of God's faithfulness. That's who he is. And so God is totally faithful to us. Everywhere we go. Well, let's look at the passage again. God is present. God is faithful. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Let me stop for just a moment. Where it says go, that's kind of like go, just kind of leave church. Or when I, where can I flee? Flee is done hastily. It's like running. Can I just kind of kind of just walk through life and walk away, you know, get off on a different path? Can I go do that and find Him? Can I just kind of gingerly move away from God or maybe gingerly flee? No, there's no way I can ever go anywhere or flee anywhere from His Spirit. He is everywhere. If I ascend to heaven, He'd be there. If I make my bed in Sheol, some people say the underworld, the world of darkness, even the world of uh, suffering and pain, it, it kind of goes beyond just death or, or a grave or a hole in the ground. It's, it's that whole thing for a moment. And I'll explain that in just a second. He says, if I even went there, you're there. He says, if I take wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, hence Jonah again, or those of you that are in the Navy or those of you that are on the deadliest catch, the remotest part of the sea, even there, your hand will do two things. It will lead me, And then it says, in your right hand will lay hold of me. I love that. So it's like saying, if I go north, you're there. If I go south, you're there. If I go east, you're there. If I go west, you're there. If I stay here, you're there. If I go up, you're there. If I go down, you're there. I can't ever get away from God. He is everywhere. Isn't that great? 
that I've got an all-knowing God that knows what's best for me, and he doesn't put me in the closet and leave me to go after somebody else. Now, I can't explain how can he do that for billions of people, but that's what makes our God so big and so great. He does it for us. And then when it says here, he leads me with his hand, lead me is kind of a neat term. He leads me, like guides me, usually in the path of blessing. And then it says he lays hold with me, and that's generally a, a grasp. It's more than just guiding. So look up here for just a moment. I, I don't want to overly make this point, but the idea is he takes his left hand and he's guiding us. He is showing us. This is the way to go. Now, he does that through the Word of God. Let me pause. Stay with me now. When I took you to Hebrews 4.13, that he sees everything that we're doing, that means the, the presence of God is there. If I threw you up one verse to verse 12, it would talk about that the Word of God penetrates even our conscience, our very inner being. So now you've got the living Word and you have the written Word that knows everything about us, that it's all there for us so that we can hang on to this God and we don't have to manufacture our own God or write our own material about God. It's all in His Word and He sees everything. We're underneath His Word. It's all there for us to lean on. It's all together. And that being said, so his hand says, I'm going to lead you. I will lead you through my prompting. I will lead you through my spirit. I will lead you through others who are godly, who will then use the word and their love for you to help guide you. But now the other hand says his right hand, not left hand, right hand. This just said hand. This said right hand. Right hand is a sign of, of power, grasping. That means he will hold on to me. Not that we hold on to God. I don't hold on to God he holds on to me. He will not let me go. So no matter how bad you might get as a Christian, you will never get so bad that God says, phooey on you and let go. If anything, you're like my dad. Get over here. You know, that kind of a thing. Because he won't let you go. If he calls you into a new ministry, if he's called you into a new life, he's called you into a new relationship, he's called you in a new project on your job, he's holding on to you through all of that. Seek his face of how you're going to manifest his grace to those that are around you. And then lean on some of the experience and abilities that he brought you through. But look at it as a God opportunity. He's always present. He's always faithful. When I think of him being present, I think of him doing two things. Now, this is biblical, but I don't like exactly get this out of the context, but it is biblical. I believe, and they both begin with the letter P. The first one is, he protects me. And if you've been violated by a crime, I'm so sorry. But it could have been worse. And I, 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 I don't even want to imagine how worse it could have been. But he will protect you. If anything, he will protect you from the evil ones so that Satan will never take you out of God's hand. And the second P word is the word he will provide for you. I had a great Bible teacher, led to the Lord by Billy Sunday. And he would do this in front of us students because we're all poor. And we're going into ministry by faith. He'd hold up his hand and he'd go like this. And we thought, well, this is all this about. And he'd say, as long as I can wiggle my finger and I got some water, I have 47 days before I'll die of starvation. And he said, I have 47 days for God to take care of me. And if you're at that 46th day right now, let me say this to you. You are on the front row of a miracle happening in your life. Because he's present. He's stretching you. He's testing you. But he's never abandoning you. So I love that. He provides and he protects. He's faithful. 
Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Number three. God is all-knowing. He knows what's best for us. God is always present and faithful to me as he was to everyone in the Bible. And number three, God is in control of everything I can't control. <clears throat> God is in control of everything that I can't control. It's kind of like a com combination of the fact that he is all-powerful, but not only all-powerful, but he's also in control. He's sovereign. So in other words, it's not, not like some of you, you are given a job title, but you're not given the authority to get it done. <laughs> okay? He has the title, and he has the authority, and he has the ability to get his will done. That's God. And so he's in control of everything you can't control. Notice the verse says, You have formed me in my inward parts. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I love that. He created my innermost being. He's created our physical being. He's created us. He can do everything, except he is bound by something. There are primarily two things he can't do. Anything outside of his will, because that'd make him a liar. Secondly, anything beyond what he's revealed in his word. He won't contradict his own word. Because that's who he is, his word, in written fashion. And I'm saying all of this to let you know that you are important. Some of you might feel like, uh, what's really happened to me? God has really done something special. And we're going to talk about the physical part of this next week a little bit. But I want to talk about a little bit more about your life when it says you were knit together in your mother's womb. I'm not going to get into the biology of this, but I would like to get this far. You know, a guy and a gal are going to come together and a child is going to be born. Whether you're adopted right now, whether you were illegitimately conceived, it doesn't really matter. What does matter is you are here, you're alive, you have purpose. It goes all the way up to God. Now let's come back to this. When you are knit together, we take uh, this uh, yarn... And we take that yarn and we kind of wiggle them all together, okay? And as we're doing that, out comes this garment. I'm not going to talk about what the garment looks like. What I do want to talk about is that God orchestrated the particular yarn that he chose at the particular time and the particular way to be able to put you together. He's not the yarn, but he is in control of the yarn. You're not the yarn in a, in a general way, but... You happen to be a product of the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. Now listen carefully to this. You might have had a godly father and a godly mother, and they prayed and they sensed God wanted them to come together, and you were conceived. And so you came in this beautiful Jonathan Edwards type home. Some of you might be here today that says, I don't even know my parents. I don't know where I am. What I'd like to say is this don't focus so much on your parents but focus on the one who controlled your parents. Because God wanted you to be born. You were never an uh-oh or an oops with God. It was never that, oh my goodness, birth control failed. No, God said, I don't need that. I need you. I want you to be alive. And you have purpose. Um, I'm not much into construction, so if you ever see me with a tool in my hand, grab it out as fast as you can. <laughs> my wife laughed the loudest, she knows. But I think you'll appreciate this, those of you that are really good handymen. I probably could build a box if I had a rusty old saw that I got at an old garage sale. And I probably could have built the box if I had a brand new saw that I got at Sears, a big craftsman saw. I could have built that box with that. 
It really doesn't matter the saw. What mattered is, do I have this box because it had purpose? So I don't know what your parents were like. I don't know what who maybe weren't your birth parents, but maybe your foster this or adopted this or maybe your parents that you've come from. No matter where they might have failed, don't focus on the failure. I want you to focus on the Father. Because once you begin to do that, you're going to know that God is in control. Whatever God did, there was a reason for that. And so what are you going to do? Get bitter or get better? That's your choice. You say, wow, this is an awful lot of stuff I've got to think about. Well, where do you begin? You have to begin with knowing Jesus Christ as the one who loved you, who died for you on the cross, who would give to you eternal life by simple childlike faith. If you're listening to me this morning, as much as I want you to know about God, you will never fully be able to grasp even these simple truths until you have the mind of Christ within you. And that happens the moment you trust Christ. That doesn't mean you're going to still know all of this stuff, but here's what you do have. You have an illuminator in you. You have a teacher in you, which is now the Holy Spirit. And He would much rather have you be taught the Word of God than for you to merely understand all the other ologies that there are out there. So please trust Christ as your Savior. Then you not only have a knowledge of the Bible in this area, but you'll have a knowledge of Christ and an eternal relationship with a God who's all-knowing, knows what's best for you. A God who is present and faithful to you as He was to everyone in the Bible. A God who is in control of everything that you can't control. That's the kind of God you have. Let's stand together and worship Him. Father, these are wonderful, great truths that you have chosen to have put in Scripture for us through a man who has had all sorts of life issues. And that, Father, it was preserved in the Word of God through men and women and perhaps even boys and girls who held on to this Scripture no matter what so that we would have it today and translate it into so many languages, but now is upon our lap or on our screen that we're able to read. But, Lord, now we ask that the entrance of your word now would give us light and understanding to the simple. We ask you to help us to understand these truths. Help us, dear Father, that when we own these truths in our heart, that we would then not have to work at having peace, work at having stability, work at having a sort through all of life. But once these are abiding in us and we're abiding in these truths, we're living these truths, all that stuff of joy and peace and purpose is a byproduct. It comes so much more naturally. So, Father, help us to know these truths and to be so excited that we we just got the first course of a multi-course meal as we come back next week to even add more on to this. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for being this God and living this. And for those who have embraced these truths and we can look at them as our models and perhaps come alongside them in book form or life form and Allow them to be our men mentors. Help us, Father, realize that the truth doesn't stop with us, but we have to carry it now to the next generation, starting at home, starting in our own church, taking it to our neighbors, taking it to our community, taking it to our country, taking it to the world. Help this church to be that strong. Help us to remember these truths as we have things thrown at us, things we don't understand about stuff.
what's going on here? And they didn't tell me that. And who's doing this? And why are we doing all that? Yeah, we'll do as best as we can to help sort through all of that. But until then, we'll always remember that you're all-knowing. And you know what's best for us. And you're permitting this in our lives. And then, Father, that you are as faithful to us as you were to everyone in the Bible. And you're everywhere we go. Whatever meeting we go to, whatever job we have, whatever hellhole we have to go back to as far as work or home. You're there with us, just like you were with Joseph when he was in prison. You're with us. And that, Father, that you are in control. No, nothing is out of control. Nothing's going to hell in a handbasket with you. But you're in control. There's purpose behind all of this and to bring glory to you. And, and Father, even the wickedness of man can praise you. But we know that, Father, that you're going to receive that. So I lift up these dear brothers and sisters and carry them to you now and continue to do the good work that you've begun. We pray this in Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.